Johnny Davis and your Wisconsin Badgers in a thriller at the Kohl Center. 64-59 is the end score. Badgers beat the Hoosiers. But you would not have thought that if you tuned out of the game at halftime and said to yourself, I I just can't handle this. I can't believe how poorly the Badgers are playing. I can't sit here and watch them have inept defense and miss bucket after bucket and just let Indiana have their way. If you tuned out at halftime, you missed an incredible second half as the Wisconsin Badgers erase a 22-point deficit, come storming back and beat the Hoosiers And if that isn't crazy enough, the Badgers, who were once down by 22 points, ended up covering the game. They were favored by four points, one by five. Oh, my God. This this team is insane. Now, Johnny Davis scoring 23 points was absolutely incredible. This dude put down two poster-rising dunks. That you're like, oh, sweet baby Jeeves. And then with a minute 18 left, he hit the go-ahead three-pointer from the corner. And you had to say to yourself, ride it anyways. Oh, my God. Wisconsin is winning this game. Incredible. The fifth time Johnny Davis has scored more than 20 points this season. The what the eighth straight time he's had uh, 15 or more points. His final points, though, did come with that go-ahead three-pointer in the corner that just left the cool center shaking at his knees. Oh, my God. The sophomore Johnny Davis also added a career-high nine rebounds and played all but three minutes. He's averaging 20.5 points per game. And if you saw the dunk... Oh, God, which dunk was it? The second dunk was more electric for me than this first one, but the first one was insane. Johnny Davis is throwing down these dunks that just shake you to your core. This guy is nuts. Oh, I have some audio. I want to get to it right away. Johnny Davis. Starting up for six. Now Davis through the lane, and he throws it down. I told you. Oh, about Johnny Davis. Well, here he is, ladies and gentlemen. The one hand slamma jamma. Posterizing. Posterizing. And then the second one I got to get. This one with hit with a mean mug at the end. Incredible. They wanted that, that possession. He is an emotional player. Yes, he Xavier is. Johnson. Exotic Davis. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness, indeed. Johnny Davis gets down low on the block a little bit, and then he's sitting there, throws down a vicious one-handed dog, gets slapped in the face, and then does the flex mean mug at the same time. Should have been a foul. Should have been an one He got slapped in the face pretty good. But does the mean mug, looks at the ref and the player, and it was absolutely insane. This Wisconsin team is nuts. And something, you know, Johnny Davis is going to be the star of the show, right? Uh, Trace Jackson Davis is the big man for Indiana. This guy was having his way in the first half, not so much scoring-wise, but grabbing rebounds and facilitating. The offense runs through him. The One of the big questions we have coming into this game is how is Stephen Crowell going to be facing up 
against Trace Jackson Davis. Well, Crowell got in a little foul trouble, and then uh, Chris Vote came in. Both did very well. More so Vote. Vote was a huge reason why Wisconsin ended up winning this game. He was an absolute monster in the second half coming off the bench. Vote, dude, this guy grabbed five of his six rebounds in the second half, and he scored nine of his points after halftime, including six straight that helped the Badgers get within five points with four four minutes, 19 seconds left. And then he also had the assist to Johnny Davis in the corner with a minute 18 left with that three that put the Badgers up by one. And then I said to myself, there's no doubt in my mind Wisconsin is winning this game. RJ, good morning, dude. Good morning. Oh, my God. Woo. What a game. Oh, dude. I, I have a feeling we're going to be game. seeing a lot more of that game plan <laughs> with a uh, vote coming in. And getting, he's going to end up getting a majority of the minutes, I think, in Big Ten play because because he can do it. Yeah, yeah. He, he's seven foot. He's two forty. He's two. He's almost two sixty. Oh, okay. I look, it was two fifty seven. He was listed uh, when I looked up his uh, his roster. But yeah, you you look at that somewhere around there. Yeah, uh, he's got more of that Big Ten body. He'll be able to to bang down low with, with some do, of those bigger Crowell no, didn't do bad either. Right. But, yeah, but I, Votes saying, can do it. Votes, those bodies there. Body-wise. bodies there. I think Crowell's going to end up getting into foul trouble more often than not. Yeah. Well, dude, that game, wow. Uh, I know No, the biggest concern I had was Trice Jackson Davis for Indiana because just how you know he's averaging, what, 21, almost 22 points a game yeah. and how Crowell was going to do and, and vote, et cetera. Trice Jackson Davis, TJ TJD, they that three times fast. He only had nine points. Yeah. Uh, man, number zero though on Indiana. Is that the guy who got all? Yeah, all Johnson, mad at the, Johnson, at the end? Johnson, Xavier Johnson. He is a whiner, dude. That guy's yeah. a, he's a baller, but he is a whiner. My God, when he now the foul at the end of the game on Chucky Hepburn. Chucky Hepburn went to go up and throw it down. You know, put the the final exclamation point on the game. Mm-hmm. He hit ball, but what what did the announcer say? It was like the violent way that he did it was why he got called, and he bodied him, obviously. But Xavier Johnson, I have not seen a guy, because tempers were flaring in that game right away. Brad Davison was getting entangled up. There were a lot of hard fouls uh, but by end, Indiana. Indiana, Indiana, I, I listen, I can't stand a team that can't lose, I'm not saying humbly, but can't lose, not respectfully, but they they were you could tell that they were they thought they had that game in the bag yeah. at halftime and they, they were going to win it and then at the end they started to be kind of just crybabies when when that sort of thing happens usually it's the coach who doesn't have a culture built it's Which also first year coach. it's also players who came into the game thinking they were just going to walk all over the other team. And they were at first. Right. Yeah. And then I think they forgot that there's a second half. And Wisconsin came out, RJ, and just – now, right away, Wisconsin was up – what, Wisconsin went on a little run. was like a 7-2 run or whatever it was. And then Wisconsin was stuck at nine points for, God, I don't know how long. And Indiana was just throttling. Just the the defense was in net from the Badgers. Uh, the shots wouldn't go down. They just looked like a team that I had never seen before. And I think Greg Gard, if you watched after the game, Greg Gard who had his hand, his arm around Johnny Davis. They were beaming ear to ear. And Gard was like, at halftime, I told him, I don't know who you guys are. I don't mm. know who this team is. They came out and looked like a team, RJ, that is definitely going through the NCAA tournament and is going to be competing fourth or better in the Big Ten. Yeah, if that if that. Second half team shows up. Uh, I 
don't have a worry in the world of this for this team. You're going to drop some games. Yeah. But if that team that it's shows insane. that kind of determination to claw all the way back from 22 points down. <laughs> uh, Incredible game. I mean, yeah, you you don't have a worry about this team. And it really kind of, look, not to touch on last year too much or, you know, the previous season, really gives you the kind of headspace maybe some of the old guard was in. Not not the coach. Yeah. The old the, guard. The other players. Uh, the, the older the, players. The older players who are no longer here. Yeah. Um, I saw some funny tweets about that I want to get to as well. Um, so, yeah, we obviously have to talk about last year and what happened with the tape that was released. I'm not naming any names, but there's one guy who's no longer on that staff. His first name starts with an A. His last name starts with a Tucker. And, you know, where the vibe was of Badger basketball fans when that tape was released and the season was over, you're like, I'm very curious to see how they outperform this coming year. Uh, Johnny Davis, when he went to the FIBA U19 World Cup uh, that Team USA eventually won, I remember him, he had an interview, and he was talking about Greg Gard. He's like, yeah, Gard knows he's got to change some stuff, but we also you know, need to you know, handle our business and you know, come in and have the right headspace, as you were talking about, yada, yada, yada. And what I saw last night after the game was Greg Gard, his arm around Johnny Davis, Johnny Davis's arm around Greg Gard, they're beaming ear to ear, basically talking about how much they, I mean, they didn't say and how much they love each other. But no. That, could, that's not, hey, you let's, see the relationship. let's be buddies for the camera. You can see the relationship. And I don't know what it is, and maybe last year's team wasn't good for guard either, but there was some bad feelings going between players and coaches. There. No doubt. Yeah, no doubt. So we'll talk about that coming up. But uh, at the game last night, <laughs> we were talking yesterday, RJ. So it what the research department did tap me on the shoulder last night. They called me oh, during yeah? the game. They're like, the last time Indiana did win in Wisconsin was at the Kohl Center. Uh, Bobby Knight. Uh, they flashed it up there on the on the television set right away when it opened. So January 25th, 1998, RJ, was the last time Indiana won. Let me ask you, and I think I'm going to do a Twitter poll. At halftime, at halftime, RJ, did you think Wisconsin had a chance? Well, what, they deep, were down deep 17? Down. Deep down. I, I thought they'd be able to make it closer and not have it look as bad as they yeah. did. Uh, but I I had thought they dug too big of a hole to even, even if you had a half like you did uh, the the second half. I didn't think Indiana would only score 17 points. I know. That's that's what I thought, too. I'm like, well, I'm like, I don't think Wisconsin is going to win this game, but I do think they'll at least make it somewhat interesting because there's no way you can play as bad as you did in the first half, in the second half, unless, you know, you really just packed it up and went home. But I didn't think Wisconsin had that in them, that mentality where they're just going to quit. Mm-hmm. So I said to myself, you know what? I'm going to keep watching. I'm going to see what happens. I think they can, you know, um, make it interesting. But to your point, Indiana, who scored 42 points in the first half, RJ just said it, scored 17 in the second half. The defense for Wisconsin was unrelenting. They just, they, yeah. relentless. Is unrelenting, is that working? Relentless. Yeah. Yeah. Un- unrelenting. They were insane. It was, it was crazy. I have so many um, stats. I saw ESPN Stats and Info flash this up. Wisconsin's 22-point deficit that they overcame to beat Indiana. It's now the largest comeback in Division One this season. It also ties the school record. Yep, it t- it's the largest matches the largest in Wisconsin history. 
which was done January 5th, 1976, mm-hmm. versus Ohio State. Wow. Insane. First, I did see this uh, perusing the interwebs. Ooh. I was surfing yeah. the World Wide Web again, as I like to do. And I uh, went to the front page of the four-letter network. And this, this could apply for last night as well as Aaron Rodgers and the Chicago Bears. Uh, take a listen real quick. Rodgers snaps it quick. Pressure coming. Scrambles to his right. Pumps and runs. Aaron Rodgers is inside the pocket. Well, not, that's nice, but coming up here. Coming up here. Okay. It's Rodgers running for the score. Coming here. Right on cue, Joe. He had some choice words. There. I own you. I still own you. My whole life, I own you. Aaron Rodgers. Now, the, the Badgers could say that to Indiana because the last time Indiana won at the Kohl Center was January 25th, 1998. Indiana totally thought they were going to win last night and break that streak. <laughs> no, 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 no. Aaron Rodgers yelling at the Bears, I own you. I still own you. My entire life, I own you. Aaron Rodgers uh, at the podium yesterday, RJ. Mm-hmm. And he, he said this after he initially said that you know, after, on the podium after the Packers beat the Bears at Soldier Field. Rodgers said, I don't regret saying that. Rodgers doubles, triples down again saying, I do not reg- uh, regret saying that I still own you to the Chicago Bears. Here is uh, comments from number 12. I don't know you can uh, you can question a whole lot of what I said. You know, we've had a good record over the years against them and, and won a lot of games in Soldier Field and at Lambeau Field. So... Been a, been a great rivalry. I'm proud to be a part of it. Uh, you know, we have uh, have gotten better of them the last uh, I don't know 27, 28 times we played them for the most part. But uh, for the most part, you know, I'm sure a lot of times in, in you know situations like this, the trash talk is only able to be used if uh, you know if you're getting after that uh, individual that uh, that was trash talking. So in order to trash talk, you have to have a lot of confidence and. Uh, what you accomplished and uh, what you're going to accomplish in the future. At some point, what I said will be used against me. That's just part of it. But I have no, uh, you're not wrong. Yeah. You know, no regrets for saying what I said. And, no and uh, obviously, I think the, the record kind of speaks for itself. Aaron Rodgers has won 22 of his 27 starts against the Chicago Bears. Now, one of those you can throw because he get, broke his collarbone, you know, right away. And you can throw, well, that's still included because he started the game. But Rodgers has won 22 of his 27 starts against the Chicago Bears. It's Rodgers running for the score. Right on cue, Joe. Rodgers indeed owns the Chicago Bears. It is absolutely insanity of how one man can rule with such an iron fist over not only the Bears but the NFC North itself. Is that still up? There on uh, Wikipedia. Oh, Chicago Bears owner. Yeah, I'll, I'll get the research department on that. <laughs> I have a stat. I have a couple more stats. The Packers are forty-five and fourteen in their last fifty-nine games. Okay, against the Chicago Bears. Is that good? Yeah, that's, that's good. Okay. Brett Favre owned you his whole career. Aaron Rodgers owns you his whole career. During fifth, those 59 games, the Bears have thrown 57 touchdown passes. In 27 career starts against the Bears, which during a, he's fashioned a 22-5 and five record, Yeah, Rodgers himself has thrown 57 touchdowns on the Bears. Okay. Insane. Let's go to the phones. Line one, who's this? 
Good morning. Hey, Nathan. I would almost say that Rogers has owned the North. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hands yeah. down. Just in just in general. Yes. Period. Yep. Yep. You know, and you're gonna have the Bears fans that are gonna come out and be like, you know, <laughs> you young kids keep talking about the Packers owning the Bears. I remember when uh, Ditka was there, and you know, we were whooping on. Lynn Dickey. Okay. <laughs> Back right. in my day, we had the Super Bowl shuffle, Sonny. I mean, you, my son had to hold the antenna so we could watch the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, my, my remote, I had to slap my kid on the head to go up and turn the dial. I don't know why I, I got that accent. My but, dad. Yeah. I, um, I, was, I was a remote when you, I was a kid. I was slapped in the back of the head to go change it. You uh, must have uh, learned how to interview from Brian Kelly. Yeah, I picked up My that southern family. accent. On, uh, I guess I was going. I was. I was going really southern Illinois there. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, either way. <laughs> but uh, yeah, <laughs> just, so I happened to be tuning in yesterday. And, well, good. You should tune uh, in every day. No, I mean like later when I'm normally sleeping. Oh. And you guys were talking about beer. Yeah, it's well, uh, nor- that, you know, it's that, on that the docket. Really narrow- narrows the show down. I understand that. <laughs> but. <laughs> But uh, I remember my first beer, and I couldn't understand why anybody would drink this crap. Why do people sit and go and say, oh, I want a nice cold beer? No. Granted, I was a kid, and I mean, it didn't just say the word beer across it, but it was cheap, and it had a big red dog on the Uh front. Uh-oh. Oh, no. See, now I understand there's a difference between red dog and, like, beer. Yeah. Red dogs is like, I mean, I know it's beer, but it's its own category of beer. That's... That's if you really want to punish yourself, you drink Red Dog. I mean, it was really cool, though, because then my friend's dad, he drank more flavorful beer, and he would buy big cases, and he would get drunk and not even remember how many he drank, so we could <laughs> steal the rest as long as we crushed the cans and throw them near the garbage can. <laughs> so when he woke up the next morning and he counted, holy crap. Man, I was on one last night. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, we can talk about that now. Well, I'm going to have to start charging you for therapy if that's the case. Like a statute of limitations? I started charging uh, Charlie for therapy because he's already called in like eight times a day. I'm like, Charlie, I'm going to have to start billing you for these therapy sessions. Well, I mean, I only call in because like... No, you're you're, you're still in the free trial. Yeah, okay. (laughs) We love you, Nathan. It's like those AOL discs you were talking about. Yeah, oh yeah, a lot of free minutes there. Don't don't use them up on one spot, okay? I'm I'm, I'm out of internet here. Let me go get another disc. (laughs) You're the man, Nathan. We love you, buddy. See ya. See ya. And uh, hopefully no more Red Dog for you. What was your first beer? Remember your first beer, RJ? Mine was a rusty PBR. My first alcoholic Um, drink, unfortunately, was a Mike's Hard Lemonade. I hate to admit that, but when I was, I won't tell you how old I was. I don't even know what my first beer was. Probably like a Natty Light. And mine was a rusty PBR. Yeah, because my dad just had like a six pack in the fridge, and uh, he doesn't he didn't he doesn't drink really. Yeah, he just always had one just in case someone came over. I had parents. Who, his, I had parents who counted stuff. So like, his, his son they, wanted to have a taste of the good. They kept track of that, so I I it wasn't a beverage at home. Yeah, you always did the. Uh, did you ever you know take a little nip out of the bottle and then replace it with water? No. I'm, I know a guy who did that from time to time. I also didn't like the taste of anything. So it's funny because you saw like, in movies and TV shows. You're like, man, this alcohol thing must taste fantastic. There was like, try, like there, there was the first taste, and then it was like, not not again until college. <laughs> but, oh, I see why people like I this. I was like, oh, I get it now. Uh, back to the phones. Welcome to the show. Who's this? Morning, guys. It's Corey. Hey, Corey. Doing? What's up, dude? 
who was the dork that asked that question in the press conference yesterday? Oh, to the or which to which the bills? Who, was the, the bills? who was the big J that answered asked that question to Rogers about oh. re- uh, regretting? Uh, things I don't know. Such I'll have to no? investigate. I don't know who it was though. We'll we'll find out from Zach. Yeah, Zach okay. and, and Robbie's coming up at eight twenty. Also, Robbie probably oh, yeah. usually knows too. Okay, then I'll listen for that because. I just got a kick out of that. <laughs> just like, do you regret saying you, you, that you won? Go the, Conor, the Conor McGregor thing. I regret nothing. I got nothing to apologize for. Yeah, I'd like to take all. this opportunity to apologize to absolutely nobody. nobody. Exactly. That was just a hilarious line that just like came up, popped up right in the set as he's running the ball in. Like, why would he have to apologize for it? Yeah. Anyhow, I just wanted to call in and. Uh, hey Corey, can I leave you with time. something good for the Packers? Including the 2010 NFC, including the 2010 NFC Championship game, which obviously the Packers won 21-14 at Soldier Field. Green Bay is fifth or a 45 and 14 in their last 59 matchups. That's impressive. So, and you said Favre won 23 against them. Uh, Favre, Rogers won is 22 and five record. I think Favre is. I'd have to go look it up again. I can't remember. So he's. So they've won. Okay. So let's That's see. That's a lot. That's a lot of winning right there. In Rodgers right. in twenty-seven games is twenty-two and five against the Bears, sixty-six point five percent, seven point six four yards per attempt with fifty-seven touchdowns versus twelve interceptions. The Bears quarterbacks in those fifty-nine games are fourteen and forty-five, and they have fifty-seven touchdown passes. Rodgers did it in twenty-seven games, fifty-seven touchdown passes. The Bears. All of their quarterbacks in 59 games got to 57 touchdown passes. It's so great listening to those kind of statistics because <laughs> I had to live through the 80s when the Packers would just get smoked by the Bears, and it was not fun to watch, I can tell you that much. Yeah, They'd embarrass them, like putting refrigerator Perry in to score a touchdown just to rub it in. It was uh, tough scenes back in the mid-80s, guys. So, so Corey, here's can. another stat for you. After the 80s, so Green Bay flipped the series. Green Bay trailed 80 80 Chicago had 80 wins, the Packers mm-hmm. 57 and six ties. And then since 1992, uh, the Packers went on a juggernaut of a winning streak, obviously Favre to Rodgers. Green Bay now leads 102 wins to the Bears 95 and six ties. Bears haven't even a, made it to over 100 since a 1992. bit of a plot twist back in 1992, wasn't it? They're evil. Yeah, who are know this little guy? Uh, <laughs> uh, what did Jerry Glover call him? <laughs> Mississippi, Mississippi. Hey, Mississippi. Hey, Mississippi. We're gonna we're gonna send you to the Packers, okay, Mississippi. He's like, all right, all right. See you later, Chief. <laughs> and then the rest is history. Corey, the man, brother. Yep, take her easy. See you, yeah, Jerry Glanville has a lot of little quips in there. You know what I, the I used NFL to win. Stands for? I used to win for long. Not for long. I used to win all kinds of bets on Mississippi. I'd tell him, hey, I bet you this guy over here, he could throw a ball over the over past that 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 uh, stadium, over the wall there. Like, no way. Yeah. Hey, Mississippi, come here and throw that ball. <laughs> Sound like I'm from Southern Illinois again. He, he, he had him there for a sideshow. Oh, totally. He, like, didn't think he had anything going for him, and just like, look, this kid can throw a ball this guy's out got of a the stadium him. from the field, but I'm not going to use him. Yeah, hey, I bet you that I bet you this number four over here you could throw that ball out of stadium. What do you think? Fifty bucks? Fifty bucks? Sure, I'll got you, Jerry. <laughs> hey, Mississippi, come here and throw this ball. Oh, by the way, we're sending you to the Packers. And you're going north. Uh, line one, who's this? Hey. You know what I have a beer with? Brett Favre. Lynn Dickey hey, at the Royal Tavern. On you, a Monday night. Didn't you have a beer with Brett Favre too, Charlie? Yes, I did at the first of ten bar and went in uh, Did you buy it for him or did he buy it for you? In Green Bay. He bought it for him. Did you buy it for him or did he buy it for you? 
Oh, I I bought him one. <laughs> and what, didn't didn't you buy Ted Turner a beer once? Ted Turner, the guy it, that it, has more money than God. Part. You bought him a beer. Ted Turner should I be buying him you a beer. With all that money, you gotta be kidding me. And it's you like I bought, I bought, I bought him a beer. I didn't know, I didn't know that bar. He loves horseback riding. All right, I'm done with that. <laughs> he bought a guy who currently. Net worth is two point three billion dollars. Charlie, Ted Turner's worth two point three billion dollars, and you bought him a beer. I love these stats here. The Chicago Bears, my favorite sitcom of all time. Uh, I thought it was Seinfeld. I would throw up. Well, Simpsons. I mean, it's animated, it's adult animated. But could, is that a sitcom? Like, no. like an animated sitcom? All right, Seinfeld. One of my favorite sitcoms, The Office. It, it's. I don't think it's a technically a situational comedy. Yeah, I guess. Okay. Yeah. So Seinfeld. Yeah. The Office. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Thirty Rock. Thirty Rock. Cheers. Cheers. You know some of my favorite sitcoms. The Chicago Bears. You know what's crazy? Head and shoulders. How many of those are those. on NBC? And now NBC's just like, yeah, screw you guys. Here's Peacock. Yeah. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna buy that. I already have enough streaming services as it is. Yeah. The reason why I got streaming services was to get away from paying a buttload for cable. Now you got to pay. Now, everything has a streaming service. So I was like, well, maybe I should go back to cable. Cable's and cheaper. cheaper. The only thing you don't get is the exclusives, and unbelievable. Some of those aren't even worth it. I'll just get my. Well, a friend I know has illegal streams. Oh, All right, there you go. The Chicago Bears, not Seinfeld, you know, not The Office. Ill- illegal channels. <laughs> the Chicago Bears are my favorite sitcom. Yeah. Usually airs Sundays, sometimes Mondays, sometimes Thursdays, usually Sundays. Uh depending on the time of the year. Saturdays. And and the occasional Saturday uh, Very special rare, edition. Special Very edition. rare. So in the Aaron Rodgers era, Aaron Rodgers is 22-5 and five against the Chicago Bears. He's got a quarterback uh, passer rating, excuse me, of 105.8. Rodgers has 13 games with 100-plus passer ratings or 48.1% of his starts against the Bears. Okay. It's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Bears quarterbacks in the Aaron Rodgers era carry a 5-23 and 23 record. Rodgers hit 66.5% of his passes. Bears quarterbacks, 58.3%. Yards per attempt, Aaron Rodgers, 7.64. Bears quarterbacks, 6.06. Aaron Rodgers, 57 touchdowns. Bears quarterbacks, 31. Aaron Rodgers interceptions, 12. Bears, 43. Jeez. Aaron Rodgers, his pass rating, 105.8. Bears quarterbacks, 70.1. The Chicago Bears quarterbacks are five and twenty-three in the Aaron Rodgers. Who is era. the most out of those five wins? Cuddy. I'd I'd assume Cuddy, because you got a carousel of everyone else. I yeah. can't even keep them all straight. There's so many. Yeah, it's absolutely hilarious how Aaron Rodgers owns, as he told us at Soldier Field earlier this year. The Chicago I Bears. I own you. I still own you. My entire career. I've always owned you. I still own you. Explain to me, Bears fans, how Rodgers is wrong in that statement. 608-321-167. former Bears got really mad. Explain to me how Rodgers is wrong in saying that he owned, that he owns you. Like, he does. He does. With an iron fist. Yeah. And before that, your daddy was Brett Favre. Yep. Next time you get a win, you can rub it in his face, but he's not wrong. 12 and a half point favorites, RJ. I mean, what? The Packers on Sunday. The next time they get a win, it'll be the sixth win against Rodgers? Yep. I mean, that. And I don't think it's happening on Sunday. Justin Fields has been cleared. I saw that. He is going to start. I don't think it's going to make a difference. No. More will be revealed. Let's go to the phones. Welcome to the show. Who's this? That's a 
booze addict Charlie, I bet you. Probably. A little effer. Pass out, please. God, sippy, sippy, nappy, nappy, Charlie. Let's go. All right, so tickets are pretty cheap, actually, RJ, in this Bears-Packers uh, matchup here. When they opened up... Um, it's a Sunday night game. People probably trying to just unload them to not have to deal with getting home at, you know, like 2 a.m. So let's see here. According to Secondary Marketplace Tick Pick, this is the fourth most expensive Packer-Bears games they've experienced with an average ticket of $320. Uh, it ranks behind 2015, which is 460 2013, 357 and 2018, 343 uh, But they also said that the prices are dropping. The average lowest price now is $210. And they said 20% of the purchases were from Illinois zip codes. My question is, how many people, how many Bears fans really would want to go to this game and make the trek? We saw them in Soldier Field against the Cardinals, and people had to just grin and bear it as they sat there in the elements at Soldier Field. That that one video of that guy trying to put the (laughs) trying to put the 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 freaking uh, the poncho on the poncho on the plastic poncho, and he was like, (laughs) like he's trying to suffocate himself, like he's putting the trash bag over his head to, you know, have the sweet release of death instead of having to watch. The Chicago Bears, <laughs> right, is absolutely hilarious. I don't know. There's there's games though where you're like, could this be a like a trap game? Could this be a game where we they fall flat on their face? I don't. I mean, I don't could be. We just got done saying how Aaron Rodgers owns. Right. Well, but, that's what the Bears do to you this year, RJ. They make you yawn. I get it. They lull you into a confidence. Yeah. So if if the Packers beat the Bears on Sunday, which I think we all are expecting that to happen, and the Vikings who play tonight against the Steelers at home. If the Vikings lose and then the Packers win on Sunday, the NFC North is unclinched for the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. Incredible, dude. And their Vikings will be without Thielen, uh, without yeah. Cook most likely. Yep. Uh, now, as I just said, Justin Fields is back. He's been cleared with those rib, that rib injury. Yep. And RJ, real quick before we break, just on a different topic for fantasy football-wise. If you uh, have anyone for the L.A. Chargers on your team... Chances are they're not playing. Chances are they're not playing. You're screwed <laughs> as there's a COVID outbreak yeah. in the Chargers. Who, I mean, keep, the whole wide receiver room is not eligible to play. Yeah, like everyone's out. And I think some running backs started getting popped, too. Yeah. So they're out. So, yeah, if you have anyone on the L.A. Chargers, you better... Uh, Look out. Better adjust. And quickly. There's I'm, like a lot of people who entered the COVID uh, reserve list this week. Yeah, I mean, Jordan I like Love. late in the week. Like, Jordan Love has a shot to come back. But, like, yeah, Saturday. like, yesterday, there were a lot of people who, like, entered it, whether they have it or were close contact. Speaking of bad beats or just bad in general, the Chicago Bears coming to Lambeau Field, Sunday night football. I, I don't know why this game is a Sunday night game. I guess there's all the other matchups are pretty bad, anyways. But, Robbie, 12 and a half point favorites, the Green Bay Packers. Do you see in any way, shape, or form that the, the Packers. I mean, I guess don't cover this or maybe lose this game against the Bears on Sunday? Well, they won't lose the game, Evil. I, uh, you know, I hate giving up two touchdowns even when, when, when I bet myself. That's, <laughs> that's a lot. And, and I think, you know, traditionally and certainly the last couple of weeks, some of these underdogs have hung in there and, and covered. And, and you know how it is. Green Bay could be up in this game, Evil, you know, 30 to 10, let's say and the Bears get a late nonsense touchdown and go for two and cover, and they get the backdoor cover, and it, and, and it does stick it to you. Um, I don't anticipate the game being close, Evil. I wouldn't bet on Green Bay because yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't give away the better part of 13 points. <laughs> but, uh, you know, 
there, there's a there's a seismic gap between the two sides, as, as we all know, and he's the first to tell you. Aaron Rodgers has owned the Bears. Um, no Khalil Mack. They, you know, now now David Montgomery is on the injury report. Oh, I don't I don't think they. Justin Fields really, was cleared though. Is that a big? Is that a boost at all for the Bears? Say it again. I'm sorry. Uh, sorry, uh, Justin Fields has been cleared to play. Is that a boost at all for the Bears? Well, I, I do from the I do think so from the standpoint of the other option is Andy Dalton, obviously, and it's not a good one. I think the last time last time we seen him last week he threw the four picks and in the in the Arizona game and, and Fields, you know, I thought Fields was making some progress and, and, and he was trending upward before his injury and you know, he can obviously beat you with his legs as well as his arm. Dalton can't do both. Fields, Evo to me made some throws outside the pocket um, and on the move that, that were extraordinary uh, right right before he got hurt. So, you know, I, I think they're okay at that position moving forward. I, I you know, I, I think they've seen, um, you know, enough of field to certainly feel comfortable uh, knowing that the future of, of the organization is, is okay in his hands. And, and I think he's a tougher matchup to prepare for, certainly a tougher quarterback to prepare for, Evil. You know what Andy Dalton's going to do. He's going to set the pocket. He's going to make a couple mistakes through the game. Uh, Fields brings, you know, obviously a little more Lamar Jackson, a little more Kyler Murray to the field. He's not in that category, uh, you know, yeah. nearly yet uh, to, at this stage of his career yet, Evil. But but he you know, he's a multi-dimensional quarterback. He can beat you both ways, and and he's certainly a tougher guy for Joe Barry in that defense to prepare for. Uh, Rob Reichel joining us right now. Check his workout Forbes dot com, Conley Media. Follow him on Twitter at Rob Reichel. Robbie, I was supposed to ask you. You brought it up, uh, Rogers. You know, owning the Chicago Bears. Uh, someone we had a couple listeners wanted to know, and I I couldn't figure it out. Do you know who asked Aaron Rodgers if he regrets screaming "I still own you" uh, to Soldier Field of the fans? Because Rodgers come out again to say that he does not regret it. Do you know who the reporter was by chance? Boy, Emo, I wasn't listening at that point. Yeah, not, not a big deal. I was just wondering if curious. As soon as we hang up, I can text you. Oh, okay. I got you, Robbie. My man. Uh, so, Rob, let no, me I'll, ask you. I'll, no, I'll, I'll find it out quickly. I'll, I'll go back and re-listen okay. to that. I, I have the tape. We had a couple fa- uh, listeners wondering. That, we had a couple listeners wondering. Yeah. Yeah. Is Aaron Rodgers wrong in saying that he owns them, Robbie? Oh, God, no. No. I mean, he's Evo, he's 22-5 and five against these guys. And, and one of the losses, uh, you know, he, he broke his collarbone on, on the opening drive of the, of, of the game when the Packers were an 11-point favorite. Uh, you know, on a, on a Monday night game in, in 13 with Shane McClellan broke his collarbone. I mean, in all likelihood, Green Bay wins that game, too. They wound up losing, and Rodgers gets credit for the loss, Evo, because he was technically the starting quarterback. Um, you know, but Green Bay was going to win that night. He'd be 23-4. and four. Yeah. Evo, I, I think a lot of the, the the people in the media that make a, a big deal out of this, and, and I get it, it's, it's for clicks and ratings and, and a lot of that stuff, too, but but Evo, I I think it's a lot of people too that also just never played sports. I mean, it's <laughs> it, it's a bunch of dorks and nerds. Yep. And Evo, it's it, it, it's guys that have no concept and no clue what is said <laughs> on a football field. What is said? What is said between the lines on on a baseball diamond? What you know? What what is what is said on the court uh, in a in a basketball game? I mean, Evo, I played a ton of things growing up. I've covered this. I've walked sidelines and. In high school games, I've heard you know kids make big time tackles and and and, and say a hundred times worse to a kid laying there on the field other than I own you. I mean, 
and 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 the world goes nuts about this. It's 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 this softer, watered down. Well, they just want to hate Rogers this year. I mean, there's a vendetta out against Rogers for a lot of people, and it's pretty silly, if you ask me. Well, it's also society, though, evil, right? They want they want to change the name of 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 a brand of syrup or something, and they <laughs> and they and, and and they think you know that's going to bring world peace. I mean, it's I, it, it's just the world we live in right now, and and you know. Evil. I mean, the, the stories that guys from the you know seventies and eighties and nineties games tell me uh, in these Packers Bears rivalries are, are unbelievable. Back in the day, Evil down in down in Chicago, the teams came out of the, the same tunnel, and and every year, uh, you know, some of these ex Packers tell me uh, Forrest Gregg and Mike Ditka would have to be separated from each other um, <laughs> in in terms of starting a fight before you know fighting before the game or going in at halftime or coming back out of the tunnel. Um, everybody remembers Charles Martin body slamming uh, Jim McMahon in, in 1986 and, and separating his shoulder and largely, you know, largely, you know, ending the better years of, of McMahon's career. Yeah. Um, it, it's been a nasty rivalry for a long time, Evo. Um, it used to be far more physical. Now, it, now it's just words and, and words such as I own you to me don't uh, – don't don't even make a mark on. Well, it's, you know, not even, it's so one sided now, right, Robbie? It's so the Packers just literally. I mean, Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers, they literally do own them. It's it's just been supremacy from the green and gold. Forty five and fourteen, Evo in the in the, in the last fifty nine games. Favre wow. lost his first one, and from that point on, Evo in in nineteen ninety two, Green Bay has won forty five of the last fifty nine. I mean, there there was a point in time where the Bears. You know, had about a, a 25, 26, 27 game lead, Evo, in, in this all time series. And, uh, I mean, the Packers have passed them, uh, since that point in time. And now the, now the Packers are up six, seven, eight games. Yeah. And, and it just continues to rise. Yeah. Favre wound up Evo 22 and 10. Rogers is 22 and 5. So Rogers can actually pass Favre this week for more wins oh, against wow. the Bears than, uh, than, than old Brett did. And even Brett Hundley in there, Evo is one and zero. Even a guy like Brett Hundley stole a win, which is statistically which not is, great. Brett Hundley, yeah, the the, the the extremely unimpressive Brett Hundley you know, found a way to beat great. the Bears in twenty seventeen. So, Evo, you know what? A year from now, I I expect the same thing to continue with Jordan Love because wow. Green Bay's roster is dramatically better, top to bottom, than Chicago's is. Uh. Um, so no, Evo, it's it, it's been an all-time you know tail whooping <laughs> for a stretch. It's you know both teams Evo have had their runs. The Bears won ten in a row with Ditka in the eighties. The Packers have never had a run like this, but you know um, yeah. th- 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 this has been a remarkable stretch and a so, remarkable run for them to t- take this lead like this in the in the series. Eventually, Evo, it, it probably all. You know, trends back, and yeah. the Bears will have. But their, we'll their enjoy it for now. Yeah. But boy, Packer Nation right now should enjoy this because uh, the, the, this this has been an epic tail whooping. Yeah, Robbie. Before I get your score prediction for Sunday Night Football, uh, speaking of rosters, obviously the Packers do have a better roster. It could get better though. Jair Alexander practicing yesterday, very limited though. Uh, what's the status with him? And will uh, we be seeing Zadarius Smith and or David Bakhtiari return sooner than later to practice? Well, you know the it's. It's so hard to predict with these guys, Evo, because as we know, everything's locked down in Green Bay to a to a governmental type secret service uh, situation. <laughs> but um, hopefully, here, Russia here, doesn't here, hack it. Here's, here's my wide ranging prediction on all this, Evo. We're we're walking into week fourteen. Uh, it's an eighteen week season this year. You know, they, they they went up a week, so we're looking at five weeks until the playoffs. 
My best guess, Evo, is you will see Alexander and Bakhtiari by about week 16 or 17. I, I think you'll see guys like Alexander continue to do some of this light individual stuff. Um, Bakhtiari is, has, has, has not come back for that, uh, even since his knee scope. You remember six weeks ago, Bakhtiari was already brought off a pup, Evo, yeah. and, and we were talking, you know, with, would he play in week seven, eight, nine, somewhere in there? Um, and, and he obviously hasn't, and he had the second uh, knee procedure. I do think that will eventually benefit Bakhtiari, and you will see him late in the year. Uh, Smith, I'm not so optimistic on Evo. I know he's put some stuff on social media, what? you know, where, where he says he's back in town, he's ready to go, yada, yada, yada. But the Packers haven't been, you know, nearly that optimistic in their comments about about Smith. Um, Evo, so my guess, and you know the schedule as well as anybody, it's soft as heck yeah. coming down the stretch. The three divisional teams, right, Bears, Vikings, Lions, uh, a home game on Christmas with the Browns. Oh, they stink. Ten days, ten days from now, they, and the Browns stink. And, and ten days from now, they, they go to Baltimore, which, let's be honest, they're not playing very good football, and, and they're beating to crap on on the defensive side of the ball. So Evo, even without those studs, I, I think you're looking at a four and one, five and zero type of finish down the stretch from Green Bay. And the biggest thing they're going to want, they're going to want those guys on the field in in round two of the playoffs when they play Tampa in in round in in the NFC Championship game when they see you know Arizona, Dallas, Tampa, Rams, somebody like that. Um, that's when they're going to want those guys back. So they're going to be extremely careful and cautious, I think, Evo. Like I said, I, I think they'll bring a couple of those guys back in about week 17, kick off the rust, and then you'll see those guys for the playoffs. All right, Rob. I love it. Before I let you go, give me your score prediction. Sunday Night Football, Lambeau, Bears, Packers. I'm going to go with 30-10, to 10, Evo. I, you know, I know that. I know I said don't bet it. Um, it's, it's a tough cover at two scores, and I'd always be leery that, that the Bears could backdoor cover. But there's a, there's a dramatic difference here in the two teams. But not just rosters, evil, but certainly where they're trending. Uh, at 4-8, and Chicago's going nowhere fast. Uh, you know, a, another lost season in the Windy City. The Packers obviously have a ton to play for. Uh, fighting for that number one seed with Tampa Bay and Arizona in the conference. They're rested. They're they're as healthy Evo as, as they've been probably you know since about week four or five. So no, I, I like Green Bay Evo convincingly. I, again, I I'd, I'd be leery that the Bears could could steal that backdoor cover, um, but I, I I do like Green Bay convincingly in the game Evo. Oh Johnny Davis, be still my heart. What a game. Chris votes crazy good. Ben had an MVP from halftime. We'll get to. But this man makes me smile more than Johnny Davis, our sports director, Zach Heilprin. <laughs> you, like, every time you get on these airwaves, you throw down, like, a Johnny Davis dunk, Zach. That's, that is, which, which one? The first one, the first facial or I mean, the second? Both, I mean, both combined, you're better. I don't even know yeah. how to oh, You're even more than the three-pointer in the corner at, with one. Oh, my goodness. Wow. There's, you make me smile with my heart, Zach. <laughs> Zach, my God. Johnny Davis. Is this dude just next level, like head and shoulders better than anyone out on the court for every game, almost every game coming up here, including last night for the Wisconsin Badgers? He reminds me of you whenever I turn on the radio and oh. hear you talking. Oh. Just like beast mode. It's absolutely, it's absolutely insane. Should I just leave, guys? I'm flexing right now like Johnny Davis hit after a second dunk. <laughs> Should I just give you guys your moment? And mean mugging. Mean mugging, yes. Now, he was he was fantastic last night, obviously. That, that three 
corner three, I was like, what is he doing? There's ten, still 10 seconds left on the clock, and he just buried it, and uh, the place went crazy. And Yeah, he was <clears throat> he was great, but I I kind of thought Chris Vogt was the key to the game. He was huge. As, as, good as, as good as Johnny Davis was, and he was fantastic again. I mean, he's averaging 20.5 points per game. There's no Wisconsin player that's averaged 20 points per season since Michael Finley back in 1995, I believe. So it is uh, what he's doing is, is remarkable. But I don't think it's, he doesn't get those opportunities late in the game, that three without Bowie. Um, you know what he was able to. I mean, he had seven points the entire season coming in. He <laughs> has nine all in the second half. He had three offensive rebounds that led to to points. I mean, it was it was a they needed it off the bench because Stephen Crow was in foul trouble. And you this was a perfect illustration of a game that you want from a guy. You go to the portal for this type of game. You know, you, you get a guy who has experience who's not going to. You know, wilt under pressure, which is exactly what they were under when they're down twenty-two. Yeah. So I thought he was as good as Johnny Davis was, and he's been fantastic. I thought Boyd was the key. Yeah, he was a monster, dude. And that was the, my concern coming into Big Ten play: is like, how are you going to bang down low with uh, some of these other big guys, right? Because Trace Jackson yep. Davis, I know he only had nine points in the first half. He was facilitating big time, uh, making the offense go. But uh, can you speak? I mean, obviously on Chris Voigt a little bit there, but Stephen Crowell didn't do too bad himself. Can you speak on him before he got in uh, some foul trouble? Yeah, I mean, I mean, he only played what did he end up playing nineteen minutes last night. Yeah, he wasn't. He was fine. Yeah, but I thought he was. Fine, a, like, a, a part of me thought he was going to have his, you know, you know, get taken out for lunch. Um, well, but he didn't. Trace Jackson Davis is is a center, but isn't like a true, like you know, beat you up kind of center type of thing. He's not yeah. going to try and physical you so much. There are going to be other guys that are going to physical Stephen Crowell that I think are probably going to be bigger challenges than uh, Trace Jackson Davis just because of the way he plays. But <clears throat> what they were able to do. And it wasn't just Crowell and Voigt, but also Ben Carlson and Tyler Wall down low against the bigs, especially in the second half. They were almost, I don't want to say <laughs> rendered useless, but they, they didn't get anything in the second half. And really, the, the Indiana offense didn't get anything in the second half. When you have 17 points, uh, not ideal. But I, I thought that they really, after that first half, where they got chewed up pretty good, I thought they did a really good job in the second half, especially against the pick and roll. Zach, do you think there was any turning point in the game bigger than Red Panda dropping the cups at <laughs> halftime? See, she dropped it before she even flipped him, right? Like she just, yes. like she was, yeah. So like, I don't even count that as a drop. I, know, I, well, I, I, I have I, been that, lying that's to. That's not even part of the act. That's not even part. Like <laughs> that's not even. Like, yes, it is. That's not even like what people. It, people. It's not like that's what people come there for. See her move her leg up and down with the with the bowls. No, they 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 see her. Throw the balls on top of her head. Like that's the the act is when she throws it on top of her head. It's not impressive when she's just you know doing the legs. So I I actually think I think I it is quite think, impressive. No, no, it's not what people come for. They come for the they come for the bowl on the head. Thro- throwing on the on the head. It's like never the bowl on the leg is the appetizer. The bowl on the head is the main course. Yeah, she never dropped the ball uh, the the balls <laughs> when she was throwing them up on the head. She dropped them when she was doing the leg thing. So I I I uh, I. You know, she fought through some adversity, but I don't think it was like a failure by any stretch. Like, <laughs> I mean, oh, she dropped the ball. No, she didn't fail at all. Did. But she she dropped him. That was the first time I've seen her perform countless times. First time I've ever seen a bowl hit the floor. I thought the bowls were ceramic until uh, yesterday night. Well, those are those no, are they're glass. plastic. Oh, they are. Yeah. What? She has had she has had previous stops at Wisconsin where she's dropped them going up to the head. So, oh. uh, did Wisconsin was, go on it, to win the game? Well, yes, yeah, at the Kohl Center. Almost always, Wisconsin goes on to win the game to the Cole Center. I don't re- necessarily remember that game, but uh, I do remember the drop bowls. So I see. last night what was a lasting not memory her. for you. Then Red Panda dropping the bowls. Yes, last 
Well, Red Panda is uh, just timeless. The, I mean, it's it's the newer like the, you know how a lot of older media people like are obsessed with Bruce Springsteen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, I do. Yes. So, like that is that's that's that's, that's kind of what Red Panda is. And some of the younger media, like I, you're yeah, remember, I, I agree. You've I agree. Heard with you. I agree. I agree. That's well done, Zach. I mean, you pegged the older media for sure. They have some weird obsession with the boss, Bruce Springsteen, no doubt. <laughs> uh, Zach, when it comes to Wisconsin, though, uh, Greg Gard had mentioned, you know, right after the game was over when he had his arm around Johnny Davis, beaming ear to ear, and in, also in the press conference, that he didn't recognize that team. That's what he told him at halftime. Uh, what was it? Was it just them clamping down on defense? Uh, what, you know, was it just an overall team effort? Or can you, you know, think of a moment where it was the spark for Wisconsin in the second half? Well, I mean, I think they came out and played with some some fight in the second half, like balls on the ground, loose ball, like type of, like they started playing tough, and it, it got it got uh, chippy there for a bit. I, it did. I thought was, it was going to be a there, fight. Yeah, when uh, when Johnny Davis got taken down by the head, and somehow that wasn't called a flagrant. <laughs> uh, Joe Joe uh, Kravinoff and one of the IU assistants were like jawing at each other from like about ten feet away, like going back and forth. It was ah. hilarious. I saw Brad uh, Davidson like, even on the broadcast getting in a little bit. Yeah, I mean it was it was uh, I love that like that's because Joe because Joe Kravinoff would toss that guy like oh. ten feet like you know twenty rows deep yeah just based on you know you want his, Joe Kravinoff in your corner you don't you don't want to be going against him that guy right yeah. exactly I mean the, the guy's got yes yes, yes. he's yeah so I mean isn't, isn't uh, but, he from South Dakota yes but I also like he also has more stitches than I think any MMA probably more than any MMA fighter at this point yeah, like, a, or a, UFC a fighter like it's he is yeah so but in the first half I, I obviously their defense struggled to deal with um w- with the pick and roll they struggled uh, on offense which led to some really poor defensive performances because they uh, a, lot, a lot of missed shots so there was a lot that, got, that went into it but I thought that there was just a lot more fight in the second half and, and it's not like they shot the ball you know crazy in the second no, half. Yeah, no. They I mean they finished for the game and it was right I think for the game it was uh thirty five percent. In the second half they were at forty percent. They were four thirteen from three. So it's not like they shot lights out yeah. in the second half. It was about the defense and the defense led to the offense. So I mean, again yeah. th- three points in the last eight fifty nine for Indiana. It's crazy. I thought Xavier Johnson for Indiana number zero, I thought he was gonna yeah. like lop someone's head off too. Uh Chucky Hepburn yeah. got a, I mean he had ball but my God he came in there with some ill intent. To, uh, was, to to mess him up. Good. He had a he had a rough rough uh, second half. Did did Johnson? I mean, I and, and he took he, he took the blame for the loss after the game. Very like emotional he, player. Yeah, he he took it, but I, there were some questionable questionable decisions. But he said that's his game. His his game is to get downhill, and make plays, and. He got downhill quite a few times, but he didn't make too many plays in the second half. Yeah, speaking of uh, making plays, uh, Johnny Davis, Zach, uh, you can't say enough about how good this guy is. So I had tweeted this out last night. Johnny Davis is the nastiest Badger ever. I can't think of a guy who's nastier. Now, Devin Harris, a great player, smooth, but I don't think he had the nasty like Jonathan Davis. Is there someone as nasty that you can remember Mm -hmm. this early on as Jonathan Davis is? You mean in terms of just the like way that the, the dunks, the like just yeah, specifically the those two polarizing dunks? I can't remember a Badger quite doing something like that. The thing about like Orlando Tucker dunked all the time <clears throat> and dunked, especially especially early in his career when he before he had the foot injury, 
he would dunk all the time, but it was all there would always be like a smile afterwards. It was always like he he, he was. I mean, he was did something. He doesn't. He didn't do things with like ill intent, yeah. as you just said. Like there 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 was. I mean, but Johnny does, and he's and he was asked about it afterwards, and he said, "No, that's just that's just kind of my face, my facial expressions. That's just not, like was he pissed off? He was asked if he was pissed off. And he's like, no, that's just kind of that's just kind of my face, but." When he's when he's posterized, guys, he's uh, adopted the uh, Giannis mean mug, and uh, he was able to bring it out quite a bit last night. But yeah, I mean, I love to see the emotion from him because you did not see it last year. No, not at like, all. Even when he would make a great play, it was there was there was very little emotion out of it. And I think what he's been able to do without all those seniors there is kind of come out of his shell, come out of and, and show his true personality and show who he is because he's shown more personality in these first eight games from I guess. Uh, yeah, first eight games for him than he did all of last year. Yeah. He has uh, he has come out, man. I, you think and it's he, awesome to see. You think he uh, is going to stick around another year, or do you think he's going to you know jet to the NBA? That's the million dollar question, right? I mean, if if you ask anybody on Twitter, he's already gone. But um, <laughs> I, I, I do I do think that there is he's he's got things to improve on. There's no doubt about that. And but the NBA is about potential. It's yeah. not about what what you can do right now. It's about what you can do five years, you know, three, four, five years down the line. So he's got a ton of potential. And I know I've seen some mock drafts from certain, from, from people that are, you know, actually do that for a living. And, uh, you know, I've seen first and, and second round type of things for him already. But hopefully, you know, hey, I guess enjoy him while you can uh, is what everyone's saying. And, and I would think you'd want to do that no matter what. Yeah. And, Zach, before I let you go, something that stood out to me, and you, you brought up a certain name who's no longer with the team. I'm not, you know, blaming or naming any names. I saw Big Cat tweet about it as well, so I'm not going to, you know, name any names. I, I told Bennett you could say, like, A. Tucker or Orlando T. <laughs> to keep it secretive. You know, someone yeah. would mm-hmm. really know. I saw Greg Garda's arm around Johnny Davis after the game, beaming ear-to-ear, smiling. Johnny Davis, also his arm around Greg Gard, and them just looking like uh, having a very nice, great relationship with one another. What's the vibe like of the team? Because where the team was last year when those tapes were released by who knows. You know, I have no idea who released them. Uh, but whoever released them really tried to have a hit piece on Greg Gard, and the program itself was collateral damage. You look at the program now. Uh, getting wins like that, the Maui Invitational, Georgia Tech, Marquette last night. Uh, what's the vibe like surrounding this team, the players in great guard that you can sense from the outside? Yeah, you know what? I, I, uh, like, there's certainly a, a different vibe than, than last year just because it's so new. We talked about this with, with Brad and Brad Davison on, on our podcast, The Swing, which you can find wherever you get your podcasts. Um, Beautiful. And, and, yeah, and he said, you know, it's new. Everything is new. Every, like, everyone's experiencing new things uh, new things for the first time and he said he was kind of refreshing for him it rejuvenated him because it had gotten not stale by any stretch but it had become normal place and uh and everyone has now taken to um these new adventures together some of them going through them for the fifth time like brad but it's feeling new and i think you can feel that with greg garden you can feel it with these players and uh, look i, I when you when you don't win, when you're struggling like they were last year, things things aren't happy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, that's that's just the way it is. You flash back to March of 2020, there were no people crying about how good you know uh, or or the the relationship between Great Guard and all his players when they were winning eight straight, winning the Big Ten. So winning certainly helps it, but I do think that there's a little bit of a fresher. Uh, feeling within that locker room, and, and people are enjoying themselves quite a bit right now. Love it. And, Zach, I'm enjoying your outro music right now. We're going with a little Dancing in the Dark, Bruce Springsteen. Mm. 
off uh, the album Born in the USA. I know this song. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And Ben's currently yeah. watching highlights of Red Panda. Yeah, awesome. And me, I just am shedding one tear because I have to hang up the phone on you. <laughs> me too. Same. Love you, Zach. All right. Later. <laughs> See ya. Can't even say love you back. Unbelievable. And all the complimentary things I said back. Red Panda, though, dude. Timeless. She dropped the place. Yeah. I say I, once you get out there to start your act, that's the start of your act. I'm not a fan with how Zach put perspective on dropping the plates. No perspective. Dropping here. the plates is dropping the plates. There was weird mojo after that. And as Brian said, I the student section was pumped up.